We're going to con continue our series this morning on Prepare the Way. And this morning, um, you know, uh, I, I love seeing the kids play, and I just thought it was so fun, beautifully well done. Actually, I'm just going to pause really quick, and we're just going to honor Jordan. Come on, Jordan. Way to go. And Alyssa, she's probably with the kids now somewhere. So Alyssa, way to go, Alyssa. Thankful for you guys. The whole team, our children's team, Kaylee and others and parents involved. So thank you guys for doing that um, and just super encouraged. But even just reflecting on this play this morning with the kids, you know, um, you know, when we think about the life of Moses, right? You saw some of these characters in Moses. He was chosen by God to go, to go and stand toe to toe with Pharaoh and to help lead the people out of slavery out of Egypt, out of slavery, and into the promised land. And, um, and yet Moses wasn't able to complete that mission. He wasn't able to set foot in the promised land, and he wasn't able to save his people from their sins. But he got them out of that bondage and that sense. And then, you know, Elijah, right? Elijah was a voice, uh, was a voice of righteousness in the world where chaos existed, and he was speaking life. He was speaking the things of God. And at such a dark time in the history of Israel and in, and in the world, he was speaking the words of God, the words of life, performing miracles, doing things. Um, yet he was not able to free them from their sin as great as Elijah was. And really, since God spoke into existence all of creation, since God spoke to Abraham, that his descendants would cover the earth. Since Moses led the people out, since David was king of Israel about 3,000 years ago, a thousand plus years before Christ came to earth, before baby Jesus showed up on the scene, God spoke to David, through the line of David, that one day through the line of Judah, the tribe of Judah, through you, one day there will be a king, a true king, a Messiah, a perfect king. And the king that will not just rule and reign on earth for a season or for a period of time, but there will be a new heaven, a new earth, that he will usher in a new kingdom that does not go away based off the political uh, uh, day, based off of what man does or doesn't do, but his kingdom will be established and then will forever reign. And... <clears throat> When we talk about John the Baptist, we've talked about him the last few weeks a little bit, how he came to prepare the way, and he was preaching about repentance. He was preaching, this is how you prepare your hearts as a people, to repent so that you can receive all that God has. You can receive the Messiah, receive Jesus, that he was preparing the way. And today we're going to look at just a little bit of how we can partner in this preparation as the church. And John 14 Verse one through seven, <clears throat> this, is, this is Jesus. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. But yet Thomas, one of his disciples, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way 
and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him because you have seen me, right? Because you have seen the Christ. And these words, Jesus is declaring himself as the great I am, right? He is saying, I am. He is the only path to heaven. He is the only true measure of righteousness, superseding even Elijah and the laws set forth with Moses, Ten Commandments. He came to fulfill the law and the prophets. And he is the life. He is the source of both physical and spiritual life. When Jesus makes these statements, he is saying, I am not just a way, I am the way. I am the only way. I am the only truth. And I am the only life. And anywhere else that we, we or anyone in this world would search out that truth and that life, that way it will fall short. But he's the only one that won't fall short. He is the only one. And when he talks about I am the way, it, it is him. It is in him. It is not simply following an example that he has set forth. And yes, we do that. But Christ is, he is the way. That is who we are following. And when we, when we look at these statements here in John 14, I, and, and I've kind of, kind of meditate on this this week and just thinking again, okay, this is not, he's not just saying, I need you to follow a few rules or a few teachings or, but, but what is he saying? He's saying that if you know me, saying to Thomas, if you, if you know me, if you know who I am, you know my heart, you know, you, you know where I come from and where I am going and you believe in me, that is where you find the life. It's not just, it's not just applying some teachings, right? It's, it's, it's not, it's not just um, taking what he said and we're just going to apply that void of the personal relationship because you can, you can try to live life simply based off of principles. But he's not saying that. He's saying you need to live life based off a person, right? It is a personal relationship. It's not, that's why it's not a religion that is devoid of this intimate relationship with God the Father, when you know me, you know the Father. When you know me, Thomas, because you've seen me, you now know the Father. So yes, I am showing you the way. I am showing you and I am teaching you. But you can't just apply the teachings separate from the person. And so when we talk about the church and how can the church help prepare the way, how can we partner with him in that, we are reminded that he is the head of the church. He is the head. It is not a senior pastor. It is not an elder team. It is not a group of leaders. It is Christ. It is not a priest or a bishop or a pope. It is Christ. Christ is the head of the church, period. Since its inception, that is what we believe. That is what he says of himself. He is the head and he does appoint human beings to help administrate and to lead and to serve. But in the end, every human being that follows Christ is meant to be someone who follows him so that they can be called a disciple of Christ. Not the original 12, right? They lived, they died, they're done. But yet they then made disciples and here we are 2,000 years later still making disciples. So when we talk about 
preparing the way and we talk about, okay, our hearts and all that, we go back to there is one supreme king. There is one authority. He is I am. He is I am. And, 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 if, and if we can get that right, right? And if we can understand that again as the church say, oh, he is it. He is the ultimate authority. Christ Jesus, what he says goes. Even if I don't understand it, even if I don't agree with it, even if I don't like it, if I've chosen to submit and surrender my life, and if you are part of the church, which is his church, then you are making a choice, whether you know it or not, and you're being invited into surrender and submit to him holistically, wholeheartedly. He reigns supreme. It is, he's, not, he's not asking for our input or advice on how we should do life. He's not asking us. There is no, we ask him. He doesn't need our input. You know, like he doesn't need our thoughts on how, he, he's already told us, he's laid it out. And so what we're trying to do is trying to live a life listening, right? Reading and listening and then living, understanding and, and growing and maturing and saying, okay, this is what he meant. This is how Jesus does things, right? That's how we, the church, prepare the way for the world that we live in. And we prepare it for ourselves <clears throat> because we're the body of Christ. And if you are the, in the body of Christ, you have... Uh, you are now in this covenant relationship with Jesus. Covenant. I mean, the most beautiful, sacred relationship there is on planet Earth. A covenant. Right? A covenant in marriage. A covenant with Christ. Like, that is what you have stepped into. And so we are living in this moment in history, not to where we're simply to point people in the right direction, right? To point them to say, hey, here's the Messiah. Here's Jesus. Like he's, he's over there. But we are to reveal him. We are to reveal him because we are image bearers, because we are Christ followers. You are therefore called now into this beautiful relationship where now you get to reveal Jesus, meaning you get to reveal the way. You get to reveal the truth. You get to reveal the life now who is Jesus, the Messiah. And as the world gets darker, right, we have to get brighter. It's, it's going to get darker, but we're going to get brighter, right? So um, the truth's going to become twisted, but we get to straighten it out. The walls and barriers are going to continue to go up. Therefore, we have to intercede and pray to bring them down, right? We are called to prepare the way as the body of Christ, and I'll say it this way, um, you know, the church is meant to be that city on the hill, that, that light, that beacon of hope, that source of truth, the pillar and supporter of truth, which is Jesus, right? So if we're the body, he's the head, we're supporting him, who he is, we're worshiping him, that's what we're doing. And so if, therefore, in our day and age, what needs to happen as we prepare the ways of the church is that we have to increasingly become potent and less popular. Our potency has to increase. Our concentration has to increase. And our popularity will decrease. Because Jesus said, uh, they hated me, they're going to hate you too. 
right? Jesus wasn't student body president. You know, he wasn't the yell leader. And I want to be a leader. I think yell leader is great. I love people to be yell leaders and love Jesus. Do it. Let's go. You know, I'm not, but I'm just saying, but he's like, I'm here to serve my father. And if, and, and whatever the father says, I'm going to do. And so I'm going to live my life in that way, but I'm here to ultimately please him and, 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 and honor him. And the life that I live is going to be attracted to people because they're going to be attracted to the kingdom, attracted to righteousness, peace, and joy, right? Like we want our lives to be attractive. People are like, man, what do you have in your marriage? Wow, what is, how you treat your kids, man, how you do that, you know, how is it that, that, that you can teach at this school and this classroom? I'm also a teacher. I hate what I do and you love what you do. Where's that coming from? Right? Like, how can we do the same job, the same situation, yet there's life in you? Where's that coming from? We want our lives to be attractive. Don't, don't hear me. Like, I, that's what we want. Jesus was attractive, not in his appearance, but in what he, in, in, in his life and how he treated and how he did. It's like, oh, that's good. I want that. That's what I mean when I say potency, is that when you walk into a room, when we walk into a room, it is different. You walk in a room of 99 people that are discouraged or depressed or evil or dark or deceptive or power hungry or jealous or envious, and you walk in, they're like, you don't have any of that. Whoa, you don't belong here. You, whoa, what's going on? It's like, I can't put my finger on it, but something's different about you. That's what I mean when I say potency. Oh, that we would be potent. And the popularity, listen, if people like you, that's great, awesome. I'm not saying don't try not to be liked. I'm just saying my goal is not to be liked. Right, you can do please man or please God. If your goal is to be liked, then you're here to please man. That can, okay, so it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we're not pleasing or a blessing to people. It just means that's not our priority. Right, so let me back this up though now before you guys get on to me. Here we go, John 13, 33 through 35. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. That's discouraging, right? Wait a second, Jesus, hold on, man, we're with you. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, and you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You see, we reveal the way as the church to this broken world by the way we love one another. This Christmas season, we get another opportunity again to love people in close quarters, right? To even love them when you're playing that board game or those cards. Like, maybe you let them win. That's a big step for some of us. It's like, oh man, Tyler, you don't know, man, I'm a gamer. That's my time. That's my moment. Ooh, it's like, hey, what if you just, you know, what if you, what if you let them have, you know, just, you know, like, like you're playing risk. What if you just didn't build the armies up and just demolish them? We're just, all right. You know, whatever the board game, whatever you're playing cards, you're like, hey, I'll trade you that card. You know, I'm just, right. What if we went the humble route? Right. They're like, man, I won. It's like, I'm so glad. You know, you and Jesus know, hey, I let them win, right? But that's how you love somebody, right? 
not by dominating them, right? When I play with my boys, if we're, let's say we're outside, we're playing basketball. Come on. If I'm really into it, I am dunking. I am slamming them on the ground, shoving. Right? It's like, so, so then though, right? As a 40 year old man, I'm like, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That is sir. Tough love. Right? Right? No, no, no. But here's the deal, right? Jesus said, you, I, a new commandment I give to you. A new commandment. Jesus, you reign supreme authority. Okay, a new commandment. This is not a suggestion. It's a command. It's a command. Right? Command. We don't like commands. I'll say it over and over. Command. Authority. Right? Authority. Submit. Right? What, what buttons can I push? Submission. Authority. Ruler. King. Worthy of all of it. Like, he's supreme. His ideas, his way is better than any of ours. Yield. It's like, oh man, the West. We're like, what about the individualism? What about democracy? Christianity is not a democracy. It's not. There's one king. You either get on board or you don't. If you're in the kingdom, you have to submit to the king. If not, you're cast out of the kingdom. You're not really in. Because when you're in, you're in. So what does he say? His commandment his really the new commandment I give to you to love another. But he's not just saying you guys love. He's saying, man, I've loved you. So in a few verses, this John 13, before that John 14, this is when he says that's where he says, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Do you get it, guys? Like, I have shown you love. I have shown you love even when you didn't know it was love. I have been praying for you. I have served you. I'm about to wash your feet here in a few days. I am, I am showing you things about the kingdom and you don't even understand yet. I am demonstrating to you a measure of love that you do not even comprehend. And therefore, the commandment I give to you today is to love one another as I have loved you, which means you put down your grievances, which means you put down your bitterness and your competitiveness and your jealousy and your strife and your, and your deception and your comparison. And you put all that down and you say, love. Jesus was not competing with his disciples. He wasn't like, oh, Peter, you, oh, you, you did that miracle? Okay, I'll show you, Peter. Who's next? Come on. It wasn't what like that. It was his joy to see Peter take off and go. Any good father's joy is, I want you to be a better athlete than I ever was. Smarter at math than I ever was. More respectful to women than I ever was. Better at cleaning the toilets than I ever was. I want you to be better than me because I want to disciple you so you go further and farther. That is my joy. That's what I want. And so we have the opportunity to love one another. That's how we reveal Jesus. And that love is described in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm just going to read a portion of that famous chapter. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice 
at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I want to invite the band up to come as we get ready to shift gears into worship this morning. But I just want to read this, these verses again, because as I was reading them again this morning, it just started um, hitting me again. And I just started going word by word and just saying, God, where am I off? Like, I want my love to be the same as your love. And it's not, but I want it. And so, Spirit of God, I need you to show me <laughs> that you are defining love. Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church that was, that was struggling in different ways. And he wrote them, he's really, he's unpacking, he's going deeper. It's not just love, it's what, what does love mean? How does love look? How does it look based off the word of God? And, and he says this, so I just, I, I just want to read this slowly again. And, and as we transition here in just a moment, I just want you to, to really look for a moment because this is how we're going to reveal the love of God to the world. It's, it's what Jesus said. He said, they'll, they'll know you by your love for another. Like they'll know my disciples, like my true disciples, you will know by their love. He doesn't say by their gifting, by their anointing, by their position, by their social status, by anything else. He says it's by the love. And you know what? Um, you, can't, you can't buy love. Um, you can't uh, just wish for it. You actually have to surrender to the one who has given it to us and also is. If God is love, therefore then we have to then surrender and submit our lives to him. So I just want you guys to stand this morning as I read this passage one more time. I just want you to say, Holy Spirit, man, <laughs> Can you highlight one of these? Like, Lord, highlight one uh, that I need to go back to you and say, Lord, show me that. I am not giving that to others in this room. I'm not loving the church or the people in my life in this way. Oh, Lord, help me. I am weak, but you are strong. And I just would encourage you to take that one and just, as we go into worship right now, just asking the Lord, Lord, help me. Lord, I need you to, I, I need you to take over in this place of my life, whatever it is, and I, I wanna be conformed into your image. I wanna be someone that others look to and are drawn to because of the love that I put on display, the love in my heart and the love that I show. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. 
but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So Jesus, we come to you this morning and during this Christmas season, we are asking that our hearts would continually be prepared, not just to follow you or obey you another day, but to also prepare our hearts to show this great love to the people around us. We don't, we're not in this just for ourselves, Lord. We're in this to be a light, to be salty in this world that has dark places and we want to be a beacon of hope. We want to be people that say, no, I've, I've found, I've discovered, I've experienced, I know the truth. I know that kind of love. Oh, let me share that with you. Let me show that to you. Come this morning, Lord, we pray. Make our hearts tender and let us be known as true disciples. Those who love one another, we pray. In Jesus' name.